0: Hello. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Nice to talk to you.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: I've spoken to Ryan before, and we talked about the World Board Game Championship. Um, I haven't spoken to either of you. Would you like to introduce yourselves for the purposes of me and the listeners.
1: (laughs) All right, great. Yeah. Well, uh, my name is Patrick, um, and it's really uh, nice to be with you guys. Um, I I know we're going to talk today a little bit about the World Board Gaming Championship Convention, and I did a a little write-up on BGG about my experiences there, but I assume most people who are listening won't have read that, so I'll just duplicate a little bit of that in my introduction and say... Um I started playing board games. I decided I needed a new hobby, something new to do with my free time about uh six years ago now in twenties around twenty sixteen and so I started going to some uh, local board game groups um and started you know after a year or two started to realize what sorts of games I liked better than others and uh, started to enjoy some you know midweight euros and um then during the pandemic. Uh, you know, early on, I had I started watching a little bit of board game um, on Twitch, board game streams, and I saw Lumen and Ryan, both of whom I had played um, some Great Western Trail with online. Uh, it's one of my favorite games of all time, so I'd played that a little bit online earlier. And anyway, just as uh, one day in watching Ryan's stream, I saw him playing Terra Mystica, and I'd always kind of been skeptical of. Um, asymmetric faction games because that's such a big investment to really learn and but he seemed to be having such a good time that i said i should really give this a try and so of course now i've did a lot of Terra mystica online and come to really enjoy it it's one of my top three games of all time and so that's how i discovered and met uh, all of all of the folks here on the recording was through the Terra mystica community and it's it's been a wonderful a wonderful time
0: yeah man uh yes very good and i did read your uh your write-up i've not actually got it loaded now it's somewhere isn't it and it yeah both you and ryan your ryan did excellent write-ups which was really interesting to read so thanks for that i would encourage everybody to give them a look even though yeah we might i guess we might duplicate some of it here today <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like it's my turn now.
0: Yeah, go on introduce yourself.
2: I am Andrew. I have uh I've been playing board games since I was a, a little little wee boy. Uh well I, I think I started playing when I was 3 years old. Um like my my dad uh was a is is was and still is a gamer. Uh like we would play uh, tickets to ride and then I'd have like my parents uh Put, put little uh, coins on the board, like pennies or dimes, just so I would know what cities I was supposed to be going for. And um, as I got older, I started playing a lot more um, on places like BGA or um, uh, Yukata, uh, were the two uh, the two places that I would play the most. Um, I mostly play... Well, I, I, I used to play Taramiska a ton, uh, and I also now play Agricola a ton, uh, those are... Probably my two best games. Um, yeah. Uh, not much else to say. I've been going uh, to WBC since I was uh, probably 10, way back when it was still in Lancaster um, at the the host. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've been going to that for a very long time. Obviously, two, uh, what, two, three years. I think two years off for COVID. I don't remember if it was two or three. But, yeah, I've been playing board games for a very long time. And been going to WBC for a long time as well. Oh, Ryan,
0: introduce yourself
2: again.
3: Hey. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Hey, uh, I'm Ryan. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Yegabe yeah, Ranior online. Uh, yeah, I started going to WBC in uh, 2018, partly for Terra Mystica. Uh, I've wrote some kind of after-action reports of my trip experiences. There's a forum in the Terra or in the Terra Mystica forums on BGG. There's also a like. Kind of like a breakdown of 2018, the WBC uh, tournament for Terra Mystica, which I won. And then Andrew here won in 2019. And, uh... Indian jam. and then, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, this past year it didn't exist, which uh, I'm sure makes for a slightly uh, weird thing that we're on the podcast here, but... There was a lot of Terra Mystica players and a decent bit to an open game in, uh, so it was still a good time. But uh, yeah, we're hoping to get it back. But uh, it did not run as an official tournament this past go around.
0: Yeah, so Andrew, you are the you're the reigning champ in Terra Mystica, right? And I'd be
2: I'd be totally fine with Terra Mystica never being an event again. <laughs> <laughs> secretly keeping it from being played again. Like I'm not even good anymore, so it's not like I'm competing in paramus <laughs> compared to the other people that would be playing.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I mean I'm sure you'd you'd still hold your own I I mean, this is something maybe we can talk about later, but uh I think be just being used to playing it in a competitive over the table environment is something useful because i recently played competitively and found it quite hard doing it for the first time over the table
2: that, that was uh one of my biggest worries going into wbc uh like I, I mean i was basically going just to play agricola i was only there for three days and i was like i hope you ever play online and i tend to struggle when i play over the board so I was, i was kind of nervous on how that would go um like well, I, I mean, I hadn't played board games over on the, on the table in three years, so it was like, uh, what am I gonna do? Because I've always played better online, just because you know it's it's cleaner, it's easier to see uh, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so a big thing was for me it was just actually taking the time to look at everybody's boards and see what was going on, because sometimes I wouldn't do that. Yep. Yep.
0: Um, yeah, it's interesting. Definitely. Like that different way of playing.
3: I I generally enjoy playing over the board and think I'm still good at it, but uh admittedly the only event that I placed in this year I played purely digitally. <laughs> so...
0: ah, that is be... that is
3: a little funky thinking about that, yeah.
0: Could be losing your knack, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I won't I won't suggest that. I don't wanna I don't wanna put put uh put bad thoughts in your mind. Oh, it's all good. So um, uh, before, I, wait, what episode was it? It was like episode three. Ryan, you explained what the World Board Game Championship is. So we've already heard you say what it is. So why don't we let Patrick give his description of what it actually is as a convention? I think a lot of people will have seen from your stuff that you've posted what it was but let's let's hear you sort of describe what it actually is patrick
1: absolutely uh so i'll give a real brief intro of how i got how i found out about it then i'll go into what i thought and how it works but um so when, because Great Western Trail is one of my favorite games of all time. It's just one of the few. We all have a few that never get old for us. So we can play hundreds of times. And, and who knows why that's the case. It differs for each of us. But it's that's one for me. And so I, I came across on YouTube one day, um, several years ago, a video of some folks playing Great Western Trail in a tournament setting. And they called it, on the YouTube video, the final table of the World Board Gaming Championship. Great Western Trail. And so I thought... This is pretty interesting. A guy had filmed it um, and done commentary afterward and then posted it to YouTube. And so I started talking with, with this person, and his name was Scott, and he's the person at WBC who volunteers to sort of manage the Great Western Trail uh, tournament. And, he's, and after we got to talking, we started playing Great Western Trail online a little bit, he and I, and that's how I got introduced, I think, to Andrew and Ryan um, through Scott. Um, and so he said, you know, after talking with you, I think that well, WBC might be a sort of convention you would be really interested in, because there are a lot of different conventions, and some of them, the big ones we all hear about, and maybe some of the people here have gone to, like Spiel in, in Europe and, and Gen Con here in uh, the United States, are focused in part, in significant part, on merchandising, getting the latest games, getting to try them, um, getting to meet designers, and that's all well and good, and I have a lot of friends who, in the board gaming world who really enjoy that, but that wasn't really what I was looking for, um, necessarily in terms of traveling and, and spending a, a fair amount of money. I really just wanted to play games, and and if I got to play with folks who were really thoughtful and enjoyed the game a lot, well, that would be a special treat. And so, WBC is uh, started decades ago, I think, as Avalon Con when they were back for their Avalon Hill early board games uh, decades ago, but it evolved into this. Um, Event that's a, a nine days, you know, a week plus the weekends on both sides, and they have essentially mini tournaments for over a hundred different uh, board games. And how that works is everything is scheduled, and um, there are heats. Some some games work a little bit differently just because of the nature of the game, but for mini games, there are uh, entry level rounds called heats, and maybe there's three of those for a game. Say, for example. And maybe there's one on Sunday, the first Sunday at at 8, and one on the Monday at 3, and one on Tuesday at 4. And you can go to any or all of those that you want, and when you go, there'll be a group of players who love that game, uh, or want to play it at least, and know how to play it. And you will get assigned randomly to a table, and then you'll have a result based on that game. And then after all of the Heat entry rounds have finished, uh, there'll be a ranking created of who had the best results and usually the most wins. So if you, if you won two, you're probably into the next round of the competition, even if you didn't go to the third heat, because often two wins is enough, but it varies based on the game. But then there's usually a semifinal round where, say, the top 16 players with the best results from the heat, the entry rounds that they went to, uh, will go to the semifinal round and then... The four people who win the tables if it's a four player game at the semifinal round will go to the final round uh, the four of them and then the winner will be the winner of that mini tournament for that game. Um, so some people use it just as sort of a scheduled open gaming where uh, you know you know that you're going to be able to play this game with a group of enthusiasts at this time and don't even think much about the tournament part of it and others. Because you could just do the use the entry level heats as as sort of scheduled open gaming, but um, others really like to see how many tournaments they can win. So they'll just go to one or two heats of each event and try and win those, and then win as many get entries into as many semifinals as they can to try and win as many tournaments or, or place well in as many tournaments as they can. And there's even an overall. A prize uh, given to the person who scores the most points. If you if you finish in the top six you, of tournaments, you score some laurel points, um, and whoever wins the most overall gets gets a special plaque. Um, so so it's so there's a lot of different ways to participate. But the, the neat thing for me, or the part that drew me to it, was just the idea that you know some conventions that you go to that are focused on open gaming, you have to put up a sign saying you want a player for this, or there's a game you want to play, so you meander around for an hour or two trying to find people who are going to play that game. But with this, you know, at a certain time, we'll be starting this game, and I'll have some fun opponents, and and, and you can just plan out your entire day. I actually, because I, I've been wanting to go to this for so long, and they, they canceled it due to the pandemic in 2020, 2021, you know, i had been building my enthusiasm to get to go, That when when I finally did get to go for several months in advance, I was like pouring over the schedule and um, uh, planning out my entire week and what games I was going to do wins. That was a lot of fun in in anticipation of the event. But uh, I I think that the combination of being able to schedule which games you're going to play, as well as um, the the competitive aspect, is fun for a lot of folks. And and we can talk more about this uh, if you'd like to uh, a little later, but uh the the, the best highlight just in describing, I don't want to remit saying that the the neatest part for me was the people there were probably about 1500 people there um throughout the course of the week and they were some of the most nice, pleasant, enjoyable people to game with that so it was everyone was just so pleasant and um that was really special and for me it was really special in addition to meeting new folks getting to meet so many folks from online communities that I had played with in person for the first time, that was a a really uh, special highlight for me too.
0: Nice, man. Good explanation. If there was a laurel for good explanations, you would win a laurel. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, and I've got a picture of you with your laurels here so well no your plaques various plaques so yeah in terms of the terra mystica gang in terms of people from the community some of you guys all stayed in a condo together what what is a condo what does a condo actually mean
3: uh is it just a house (laughs) yeah it's like a fancy way of saying well like it's not quite a house it's uh it's a building that have it, it's a it's like an apartment building but you own your apartment um that's what a condo is
0: uh, okay but it was it was like an airbnb basically
3: um, yeah 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 we yeah. it's there was a it's a build. it was like a vacation-y building there's like eight units in the building we rented you know one of the units that's owned by the owner we got it through airbnb yeah um Anyhow, there was a bunch of beds, and uh, yeah, six of us stayed there. Um, Patrick and Andrew were in other spots, uh, but yeah, we. There was a bunch of Mystica people around, so it was good.
0: You and so who did you have in that condo? You had Bizzle, Fatty, uh, El, Luke, Eljaz. Was he in
3: there? Yeah, yeah, we had Eljaz, Bizzle, Fatty are the main ones. Um, uh, AJ, who goes by A440, is also in there and plays just a, the teeniest amount of Terra Mystica, but probably nobody recognizes him. And then the one other player is mostly an Agricola player that joined uh, in. through me.
0: Well, I have played AJ at Terra Mystica now at uh, MSO, so I'm lucky. Oh,
3: really?
2: Awesome. That's cool. I didn't even know AJ actually played Terra Mystica. <laughs> he does. He beat me. He beat me. <laughs> I mean. It... What and not gonna lose to AJ? <laughs>
3: he's 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 all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, AJ is very good at a lot of games. Um, he had another just stupidly good year, possibly like the best year ever. So uh, yeah, it was it was absurd.
0: It's a great picture that uh, one of you posted of yeah, all of you beautiful boys with all of your awards, and AJ's got about four of them. He can like barely hold all of them. <laughs>
3: I mean, he's not holding all of them. Yeah, he's not holding. <laughs> those are just the shields. He has two shields in each hand, and he has more plaques. Yeah, like he had an insane haul this year. He did very well. Uh, one other guy that does play a decent one at Hermistica. Nick is my name. Also had an insane year. Also wasn't in the condo. But those two guys both had absolutely absurd runs. I think they both... Went something like nine for ten in semifinals or something close to that. Like th- they made, like, they made like ten semifinals, which is a lot, and then they made like nine final tables off of those semifinal tables, which is yeah, just just absurd. I don't
2: know if I've ever seen Nick play a live game. Maybe that's just because I'm not. I don't know. I've never run into him. Does he mostly play Async?
3: Uh. He hasn't played a lot, but during the pandemic, Nick is my name, played a decent amount of Tera
1: saying, I realized as you were saying, as you were asking about the Airbnb that that the folks stayed in, uh, one thing I left out of my description of WVC was just, for the viewers uh, or listeners, uh, the setting. You know, so you're, mm. you're, it's a ski resort in the winter, a lodge and hotel, and they rent it out for the summer and so it's this pretty impressively sized building the hotel tower is seven stories it's out about 90 minutes outside of a major urban area of pittsburgh so it's in a very rural up up into the mountains um and forested area but it's a large building and uh pretty impressively sized grounds where you know you can ride the the chair the ski lift uh, up to the top of the, the mountain if you want to and get a view um and in the in the, uh, the the area the games are played in is is a conference center and so there's like a lar- a very large room and then the downstairs there's a series of um of smaller conference rooms and so you're sort of throughout the week going from one room to another uh, to to go to the this place you want to uh, but the the settings are very picturesque um and uh, sort of in a happy coincidence The for part of the time, the hotel was also hosting a or the ski resort was also hosting a um, barbecue festival, and so we could walk down and get some uh, barbecue from all around the country. Different shops had set up and uh, for lunch, so that was kind of a fun little treat.
0: That is yeah, that is like the perfect accompanying festival to be there. Um, Yeah, that was nice. the um yeah so the location is interesting so because one thing i i guess it was towards sort of like the end of my list was about like the future of this and other people attending and one thing for me is like the location and so for example uh you know there's like conventions in vancouver or whatever and that's kind of you know if for example if you're taking a wife who's not interested in board games that's a bit of an easier sell than going to, like, a very rural ski resort in the summer in Pennsylvania.
3: Uh, Yeah, the, the location is tough to get to. The advantage is your badge price is a lot less. Like, for our organization, renting out convention space in a downtown setting would make the convention quite a bit more expensive than it currently is. But it certainly is uh, a pain to get there. Because yeah, like, Pittsburgh isn't even the biggest airport. So for international travelers, you almost certainly are connecting. Even for domestic travelers, you often have to connect. And then even once you're at the Pittsburgh airport, you have a two-hour shuttle ride to the convention center. Um, so yeah, not easy to get to, but it it goes for 9 days. So a little bit of pain to get there. Uh you get a cheaper convention experience and it works great for us. But yeah, the future, who knows. Uh I mean, the contract with Seven Springs runs for like another 5 years, but then after that they would have to uh, review again. As Andrew said, uh I never was there, but I mean, they used to be in another part of Pennsylvania for quite a while and they moved to Seven Springs in like 2016 or something.
0: I was talking to Flower, you met Flower, I guess out there,
3: yeah mark
0: Marco um, and he said the way to do it if you're going from Europe is to fly to New York, maybe or somewhere like that, and like maybe have some time in New York and then go across from that way because I think we don't have flights from. At least from the UK that goes straight into Pittsburgh. So, um, yeah,
3: oh, yeah, that's a bit like there's. I, I doubt there has to be like almost no international flights that go straight to Pittsburgh. So for international travelers, yeah, you almost certainly are flying into a bigger airport and then flying to Pittsburgh.
0: Uh, and how much? How much does it cost for the the week? For the, the more than a week?
3: That's that's a great question. Um, you did all the math, right, now.
0: But just for the for the
3: badge or whatever. Uh oh yeah, okay, sorry. So the badge is only a hundred dollars if you register ahead of time and if you register at the door, it's one thirty. Prices slowly go up the longer you wait. Uh but yeah, you pay a hundred dollars for your nine day badge. Um so it's significantly cheaper per day than most other major gaming conventions. But again, most other major gaming conventions are a lot easier to get to, but you are paying a premium for downtown type convention space.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure yeah. I guess the advan like you said, the advantage of it being nice and rural is you are you can't like go up a mountain and you've got like nice mountain air, you're not trapped in a city.
3: The other potential advantage is that there are a lot of these like outline condos and things too that you can rent. So like for me and my the people that stayed with me, we paid three hundred US dollars for nine or for our nine nights, um which also, like, yeah, good luck with that price in a downtown hotel of like Gen Con in Indianapolis or any mm-hmm. yeah, New York or PAX convention. Uh, your lodging would be way more expensive. Now, staying in the attached hotel, your lodging is still significantly more expensive. I think that's what Patrick did this year, and there certainly are advantages to that. But if you're trying to do it quite cheaply, there's also some nice lodging advantages for it being so rural.
0: And then you get to uh play nonstop Terra Mystica with your condo mates
3: I'd say
2: the biggest i I know no one here went to uh, w b c when it was in Lancaster, but in Lancaster there would be like options to eat you know literally a minute or two from the host, which is what uh the convention center was called uh, that we would uh play at. Um, whereas now, like, the closest places, I mean, like, the closest town is, like, Somerset, which is half hour away. So, unless if you want to eat there, which the prices are pretty, pretty insane, um, you are going to, like, uh, if you eat the food there, you're going to be spending a lot of money, or else you're just packing all week. Which isn't an issue, but I know some people don't want to necessarily pack, um, food for a whole week or whatever.
0: Mm. Mm. how did you find the hotel Patrick was that like easy I guess well I guess it's easy you're like at the location
1: yeah so I thought it was really neat that some some of the other folks here um you know rented an Airbnb uh, some nearby properties at the ski resort but yeah I I, because I'd wanted to go for so long and they announced that 2022 was going to happen you know I immediately like a year in advance booked my hotel i guess you couldn't actually book the hotel until seven eight months in advance but i got my tickets and i was just really eager to go so even before that's really the main reason i wasn't in on the the airbnb was because uh, i just booked my stuff so far in advance because i'd wanted to go for so long i was so excited to finally, finally have things set in stone but you know i i was um yeah it was it was really convenient um being at the hotel there and it was pretty nice pretty good accommodations i i was on the seventh floor of the hotel tower so i had this nice balcony lookout over the the ski slopes that were obviously not snowy in the summer but still kind of a nice view um i didn't spend much time looking at it because i was you know gaming most of the time i think that the real convenience um is just t- you can just walk right down to the the gaming rooms and play all day and um you know, if you were if you stay in one of the Airbnb locations, um, it might be a fifteen or twenty minute walk away and there's a shuttle that goes around, um, but you know, you'd have to wait for the shuttle and, and, and so on. So it's a small convenience. Um But yeah, I found the service really good. And I, I actually I'm from Oregon, so the other side of the country, and so I flew in, so I didn't have a car um and, and took the shuttle from the airport to the resort. So I was sort of wondering what I was going to do about uh, food, because they have a pizzeria there and a restaurant there, but I didn't know that I wanted to eat out every meal. Um, uh, So I was looking for a friend who was going to do a shopping run at the nearby town, um, and I did end up having someone offer to do that, but actually before they offered, um, I realized that surprisingly enough... um, Instacart grocery delivery uh, delivered and didn't have any extra charge, even though it's quite a distance away from the town. So I just put in an Instacart a grocery delivery for cereal and, you know, bagels and all the basic staples, and uh, they delivered it to the front lobby, and the room had a little mini fridge. And so I, I, um, you know, just had my pretty simple foods that I... And then obviously I ate out, you know, a few times with friends at the restaurant, but um, it worked out really nicely for me that way. And it just was really. It's hard to. It's hard to put into words what a neat experience it was to just be able to wake up, and walk five minutes, and play games you love all day, and then just walk and go back to bed. I mean, it was just like something out of a. Uh, a lot of people who don't play board games, it doesn't sound that appealing, obviously. But for people who love board games and love getting into the details of games, it was just like a fairy tale experience almost. So, uh, I think I wrote in my uh my board game geek write-up of of my experience that a lot of things in life don't live up to the hype you know you you think they're exciting you go and it's kind of so so but but this really did live up to the to to what everyone said it would be it was it was as great as i thought it would be so
0: Uh ah that that does sound that does sound great they should let you take your bed down and you can just like lie in bed and all the games come to you while you're still in bed. You don't even have to do that five-minute walk.
1: You can ask Ryan about this. Uh, the the people who did stay in the Airbnb, one of the games that a lot of them were really enjoying was Orleans. And uh, they, like, spent a lot of time, apparently, in the evenings, you know, maybe in their beds, I don't know, uh, just, like, workshopping the game and figuring it out before the night before the competition.
3: We weren't quite in our beds, but uh, yeah, <laughs> we did. We we did have uh, we did have some late night sessions, really discussing strategy and stuff. It was a good time.
0: Were you wearing pajamas at any point while you were having late night sessions? Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> all of you with your little jammies, with like a little nightcap on, playing games.
3: You you might have the <laughs> slightly wrong idea, but <laughs>
0: it's a nice mental image. Um okay, so something we do so what we have to do is uh I've already fortunately I've already talked to AJ, so we don't have to talk about AJ's list of accomplishments because that would take too long. <laughs> It'd take way too long. <laughs> but uh what were all of your sort of headline achievements um and you you had quite a big one right
2: yeah so i i had another trip i had to be on um so i was only there there or the first friday saturday and sunday and the first friday there's no tournaments so i only had uh, two days of tournaments in which i had to leave at five o'clock on um uh, on Sunday. So I was there for like, basically two whole days of gaming, um, and I, I knew, so the Agricola tournament was the whole first, the The entire tournament was Saturday and Sunday, except for the finals, which was scheduled, I believe, for uh, Friday. Um, so going into it, I was just planning to, you know, just play a bunch of Agricola with, you know, we, we got a bunch of people from our Agricola crew uh, to come and play. As well as just uh, just playing in the tournament. Those are the two things I want to do: just play a bunch of Agricola with our group, and then play in the tournament uh, up against you know people that I don't really play with often. Uh, I got into Agricola whenever COVID happened. Um, Earliest games of Agricola being with Ryan and AJ, um, as well as like Ben or Mike. Um, I don't know who else would play Agricola with us. Um, but yeah, so COVID, I got, I really got into Agricola. I've played uh, probably a couple thousand games on play Agricola, uh, by now. Um, and I like to think that I'm pretty, uh, pretty good player. Um, I was learning from the best, um, there, I mean, there's so many good players that I've been able to play against. Um, so I was able to play in the Agricola tournament, um, throughout the entire weekend. I, I got like, I think I had I think I played nine games of Agricola in the three days I was there. I got seven wins and two second places. These are including the open gamings. Um I, pl- I played in just two of the three heats. So Patrick was describing heats earlier. Um, Agricola has three heats. I showed up to the first two. The first game I got a second place. Um, I lost to Andy slash Kimball, who was uh, part of uh, my Agricola crew on Play Agricola. And then I won the second heat uh, pretty comfortably. And then I was just like, eh, I'm not going to play the third heat. And I I ended up squeaking in as the 16th seed because Andy, the guy who beat me, also decided not to play. Uh, If he had played and even got a second place, he would have jumped me. Uh, So thank you, Andy, for not playing. Um, And then I was able to convince the the rest of the finalists to play the game, to play the finals. at like I don't remember. Two, three, two thirty. I I think it was two thirty. I think we played it at two thirty. We were done by like four fifteen and I had to get out of there by five. Um so it was very it was very enjoyable. I was very thankful that they uh were able to uh I don't know, take some unideal times to play the final um just so that I could have the chance to play. Um So I I was very thankful for that, and then I was able to win that finals, uh, which I was I was like, I I was so happy because you know I'd just been playing so much Agricola since COVID, and I was like, I'd just been putting a lot of work into that game, so to be able to win and then see all that work pay off, it was uh, very fulfilling.
0: Nice man. Is um, is Agricola a bit of a sought after? title there i get the impression it's kind of like a i don't know quite popular amongst like that kind of scene
2: i don't know if i would say popular but the people at play are generally very very strong uh people say that i don't know i don't know if you agree with this ryan but i've heard a lot of people say that it's the hardest field to win in
3: i think i think that's true yeah it it basically like it's fairly, like, it's reasonably popular. There's quite a few players, but mostly, like, like, there's just so many, like, expert-level players. There's so many players that have played hundreds of times. Um, a lot of other games, like, uh, just to throw out the example, the one I ran, Orleans. Um, I would be surprised if anybody in the Orleans field has played a hundred times. Whereas nice. the Agricola field, I think there's at least... 30 people that have played a hundred times. Some of them have played thousands of times.
2: Yeah, there's at least a handful that I've played thousands. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Myself being part of that.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh no, yeah, I I, uh, I think the Agricola field's very hard to win in. Um I, I think it's also partly so hard to win in because Agricola well, is definitely a game with a lot of skill but once everybody is fairly skilled, I think it's actually a little hard for small skill edges to show off all that much. Over the course of many games, sure, but any individual game there's definitely some kind of funky fluctuating things that can happen uh, with growth flips and draft positions and stuff, so. Um,
0: yeah, but our boy Andrew just went in there and blitzed them all very nice uh patrick what was your like you seem yeah what was your kind of highlight result i guess
1: yeah well i'll mention two things um first of all some folks thought i might do well in the great western trail event just because i play that so much and you know because i love the game so much the designer let me play test the second edition and so i've done a lot of stuff um
3: And let's not gloss over the fact you you have been rated number one on BGA for that, also.
1: Yeah, since it came out on BGA, I've managed to to keep the number one ELO for a while. Uh, Yeah, yeah. so let's not gloss over that part. (laughs) Pretty
0: good at Great Western Joe.
1: Pretty good. (laughs) Uh, So I I really like it. And um, so, actually, I played in person, I played a lot uh, four player before the pandemic, but then while I was playing online, I started to really love it at two players. and not every game shines at both, but it really does, I think. And it's two-player such a sharp tactical game. But anyway, um, so I went into that, and in the in the heats, there were only two, and I had a really neat experience. So at my first heat, there were you know four people for four-person tables, but um, there were two people who were kind of newer, really nice people, but they were kind of newer to the game. But then there was one person at my table who I later would learn was that formerly won the overall award for WBC in terms of in the past years before AJ, uh, getting, uh, the most, the most points overall. And he really had studied great Western trail quite a bit. His name was Randy. I also found out that he kind of has a little bit of a, a following in the, the, board game community because he had previously worked on, um, the magic, the gathering trading card game a little bit in a past professional life, I guess, but anyway, he's really, real nice gentleman. Um, And so we had such a fun, thrilling game. I mean, it was one of the most fun games of Great Western Trail I've had in a long time. Things were so tight, and every little thing mattered. And uh, trying to figure out how to get ahead in tempo, it was just so engaging. Um, And I won by a small amount. I wasn't sure at the end. It was so tight. But it was a really, really fun game. And regardless of who had won, it was just really a fascinating game. And so then the second heat I went to... Totally by coincidence, there were probably fifty people at these both of these heats, um, and it was randomly. What they most they do is they they use a deck of cards with like where if you draw the fours, you have the four of clubs, you have the four of diamonds. All the fours are at a table together, all the fives are at a table together. So that's the, the randomization uh, tool. And totally coincidentally, I got assigned to the same to a table with this gentleman, Randy, again for the second heat, uh, which was. Big coincidence, but we got to have a rematch, and it was also uh, really fun. It wasn't quite as tight as the first one in terms of the the tactics, but it was still another really fun game, and he won by a small amount. So we had gone one and one, and just two incredibly fun games with Great Western Trail, and that's what I think you go to these. Con- that's what made WBC so special was getting to play against really thoughtful players uh, in really tense, exciting games. Anyway, so and then in the semifinal. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, in the semi-final, I got paired at a table with someone from Texas who I named Dan, who I had played many hundreds of games of Great Western Trail with online. Um, he's potentially one of the better Great Western Trail players other than myself. Um, uh, and we, we, we play a lot. Of, we have played Russian Railroads online, he and I, two player, for many years. And this was my first chance to meet him in person after knowing him online for so long. So that was really special. He seems like a really nice guy. But we got paired at the same um, table, the semifinal by coincidence, and, at a four person table. And we both were pretty concerned about what the other person was doing. And we both took a lot of measures in the early game to kind of slow down, make the other's path a little bit more um, arduous. And the result was that because we were both slowing each other down and because the other one of the other players at the table played well, uh, they ended up coming through the middle and winning, and neither of us advanced to the final uh, table. But it was a re- another fun game. Um, and only the winner gets to go to the finals, though, so I didn't make the finals. But it, w- it was fun to get to play Dan. And um, I beat him, but I didn't win the table because we were so focused on each other. Um, that was a great Western trail. Um, but then as far as uh you asked about results i'm not that results oriented but uh, i did it was kind of neat i also have played a lot of seven wonders duel online uh, when i'm looking for something quick and fast on board game arena Um, i think it's really for what it is for the simplicity of it and the quickness of it i think it's an incredibly good game i think it's a 10 out of 10 even though it's it's so short it's it's i think it's really well designed um so anyway, uh, I so they because it's a two-player game rather than a four-player game. The structure was a little bit different. They had um, essentially um, two heats where you played two games at each heat, and so you had four games you could play in the heats. And anyone who won at least two out of those four games qualified for a single elimination bracket. And so you know it ended up being maybe thirty-two people qualified for the single elimination bracket. And so then it was just a a straight win, keep winning until you, until you're, uh, out. Um, obviously you probably would have had more accurate results if you had a double elimination or something, but there just isn't, isn't the time for that in a a condensed format like this. But anyway, so I won, I won all the heat games against some really uh, fun, interesting competition. And then I went to the the single elimination round and I think I won seven games in a row, uh, which was really neat because there were some really, really thoughtful, um, Skilled competition, for sure. Um, but then uh, I there's this young man I played in the round of four who beat me. Um, and he was a really nice guy, and, and it was really neat to get to play with him. And in the other round of four game uh, for Seven Wonders Duel, uh, his this, this young man's father won. And so they played each other in the finals of Seven Wonders Duel. And um, the person who essentially they did it since the, the person who couldn't the other person who lost the round of 4 game couldn't stick around for the for a, uh like a see who got third a playoff game they just uh, they gave third place to the person who lost to the person who won the final um and so i ended up getting third place in the seven one duel tournament and so i got some laurel points for that but uh it was a really a fun little tournament and i think that i probably Even though Seven Wonders Duel has a lot of luck for sure, it's like a lot of games that we play, or it's like they say about poker, it's a lot of luck in the short term, a lot of skill in the long term. Um, I do think that two-player games are easier for me to take seriously as a competitive element, just because in four-player games, and this is a controversial statement, something we can debate for hours and hours, (laughs) but I think in four-player games, I think there's always going to be that possibility where third player swings thing one way or the other and, and it's a little harder to predict and so um so it was neat to do well in a two-player game and uh, that was uh, i was really glad i had played in that event
0: nice um and just in, just to confirm the young man and his father was not cs
2: <laughs> no it, it was not indeed me um but I, I was thinking, uh, he, he said that the, the, the kid beat his, father, his dad, and I was like, I can relate to that.
0: <laughs> did your dad get any good results?
2: My dad did. Yeah. He, got, he, he got his best year ever, which I was very surprised by. Um, he got oh, first place in Navigador. Um, he plays that a ton over on Yukata. He's very good at Navigador. He got, I believe, I want to say, second place in Stone Age. He he plays Stone Age a ton on BGA. He's very good, but he always comes up short. Like he he loses in the semifinals for like the past five or six years, something like that, something crazy. Um, So he made it to the finals and got second place in that. He got second place in like dice, orange dice round. It was like a new game. I've never heard of it. I want to say Dice Realms.
3: Yes, correct.
2: He got second in that. He got like fourth place in Raw, I think. Um, Yeah, very good year for him. Um.
0: OCS Senior. Very good job, too. Uh, Okay, and yes, so Ryan, I read your post. So you sort of had... sort of near misses slight sort of a bit of an unlucky result in a few different games i guess was sort of the the uh what's the word the vibe i got
3: yeah i mean broadly i shouldn't or i shouldn't be too sad i mean look it's the world board game championships there's a lot of strong players and a lot of games uh but i like to think i'm one of those strong players um Based on the results and the heats, I certainly am. I made ten semifinals, of which I played in nine, but uh, I only made it to one final table, which I think is most of these are four-player games, right? So expected value is like two point two five. I'd like to argue I'm slightly better than the average player in the semifinal fields. So I would like to think I should make like two and a half to three semifinals on average, or final tables. But I made one. Uh, I did make the through the ages finals. That game, also, I made several mistakes, but also got a bit unlucky. Uh, but I wound up taking second uh, to AJ, you know. <laughs> the guy. He, the, he, AJ's very good. He played better than me, ultimately, to be fair. But uh, I certainly... I certainly could have had some luck or fortune and just won anyhow. But, uh, yeah, so that was a good result, though. That feels good. I played a lot of Through the Ages during the pandemic uh, and got quite a bit better, so that one was cool. But then, yeah, there is... There's just a lot of games that uh, did not go my way, which is fine. Um, but yeah, uh, like the Agricola semifinals, I wanted but a decently hard table, did not get the right breaks or growth flips or anything. Uh, so I, I, the, the right table wood, certainly yeah. didn't let me grow in round six and seven. I'll tell you that.
2: The table didn't even use the uh, wood pieces. <laughs>
3: Ah, yeah, we had the classic discussion. Uh, original Agricola. Look, they're, they're, the rule book makes it clear, but you you heathens can play the wrong way. Um, no, anyhow, yeah, that one was a bit sad. My St. Petersburg semifinal, rough seat, rough flips, bad luck. Um, Orlean's semifinal, that one's the one that kind of haunts me the most. Uh, that one I should have won, but I, I threw that one away due to a dumb strategic choice. Um... And yeah, just so basically I was kind of the week. Like I, I had pretty good heat results. I was in a lot of interesting games, uh, but was not getting particularly favorable breaks, which is fine. Um it was a little bit harder, uh, given that I roomed with AJ. AJ's a better gamer than me. I'm fully willing to admit this. But I don't think AJ is that much better of a gamer than me. Um, I think AJ will be the first to tell you he partly was riding a wave of luck this year. I was riding a wave of unluck, and so driving him to the convention set every morning and kind of comparing notes, it was a little bit uh, like, wow, okay, so you can just win everything, partly through good play and partly through getting luck, or apparently you can just lose everything. Like, yeah, so... uh, That was my year, though, yeah. Not not the results I wanted, but, uh, oh well.
0: Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would be very happy with the results you got. And yeah, so not to sort of diminish like second place in Through the Ages.
3: Exactly. There are people that would be thrilled to make so many semifinals and win so many Heat games. And uh, there'd be people that would be very happy to make the finals in Through the Ages. It's That's also a pretty tough field. There's a lot of very strong players. Um, so yeah, not I'm not sad about getting second. Just, yeah, trying to step back, it's it, it was still a pretty good year. But uh both of my prior years have gone to WBC, I've made several final tables, um, so yeah, only getting to one was, I do think, a bit unlucky, and probably, uh, realistically, yeah, I think it's a below average result for me, but uh, these things happen. As, as Patrick would say, we are in, we're playing a bunch of four-player games that have random elements, um, so there's, <laughs> there's some factor of luck and uh, just, yeah, kind of what your opponents do, so...
0: And then just to sort of, from what I've seen, from what was posted, uh, other folks who listeners to this might know. So we had AJ winning basically everything. Uh, we had Luke Jazz won Root, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, the one that people probably really care about, Gaia Project, was won by Fatty B. Um, so big congrats to him. That was very cool. Um, there's not a ton of Gaia Project experts at WBC, so people out there, the Gaia Project is still a tournament, and yeah. uh, the field's a bit soft.
2: A close friend of mine got second in that. One of the guys, and I guess when I say close friend of mine, I mean like a guy in my gaming group who I taught Gaia Project and taught everything I know. So I was very happy to see him get second place in that. Yeah. Nice. Even happier to see Fadi win.
3: Yeah. Uh, Other good results, Bizzle uh, got second place in Orleans and fourth place in Concordia. So those are pretty cool results. Um, And then, uh, yeah, again, I'm not sure how many people know, but Nick is my name. Also plays, again, pretty good Terra Mystica player, but he had a crazy good year, too. He was close to AJ, like... AJ won four events and got two seconds. Uh Nick got three firsts and three seconds, so they both had just like crazy good years. Um mm. I off the top of my head, I don't even fully know. I mean Nick's comp... he partly did well in automobile and scythe and hoity toity, um yes, Beyond figured.
0: the Sun. Hoity Toity, yes.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely.
3: <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know, a couple others. Um, so there was that. And then, um, gosh, am I forgetting people? I think that's most of the Terra Mystica f- online. Well, Sid, Sid's not a Terra Mystica person, but yeah, Sid got second in uh, Terraforming Mars. He's my Agricola friend that was in a condo with us. Um flower who is uh, yeah known on BJ I don't know if he had any particularly great results he had you know quite a few heat wins but i think had tough times in some semifinal type fields and whatever but uh, he was doing a lot of open gaming also some of us some of us play uh, a lot more tournament based games and some hang out in open gaming a little more which is totally valid you know everybody can play how they want uh, some of us are a little silly about how hard we try for fictional internet points
0: uh yeah it's um it's kind of i don't know it's nice to sort of bask in you guys reflective reflected glory a little bit and it's like you know in some ways it's like oh yeah you know those guys who i can play terra mystica at a reasonably similar level are also going around and smashing some people at other games is sort of like a nice yeah, reflected glory on the community, maybe.
3: Yeah, definitely a bit. It it was definitely cool to all be able to be excited in our condo for various results. You know, like be excited for Fatty. You know, doing well in Gaia Project. You know, um, a lot of our late night Orleans talks apparently paid off since our group took first and second in the finals. You know, um, that, that type of stuff feels cool. Yeah.
2: Who won Orleans?
3: AJ won Orleans. Again, he won uh, everything. I thought he (laughs) would. Who else? You
2: know what he said to me? He said, um, uh, Agricola has been the one game that I've always wanted to win, but haven't been able to win. I was like, Hmm, that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was able to win the one game. AJ can't. Woo. (laughs) Yeah. Well done. down. He
3: he, pretty much has won every other event he cares about. Though actually, that is that is interesting now that you say that. But yeah, I mean, he has a first place plaque in virtually any every other game he plays seriously.
1: You have to admit that uh, your results, Andrew, are pretty uh, pretty good in the sense of entering one tournament and winning one tournament. That's yeah. batting a thousand.
2: Yeah, so. nobody wanna be on their team either. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure they regret it.
1: That one. Uh, on an unrelated note, just before we go, one one other thing I did want to mention, um, EJ, is um, one thing that also was really neat for me. I wrote about this a little bit in my write up. Was getting to learn some really cool new games from and fascinating new games from like major enthusiasts of those games because it's it's pretty neat to learn a game from someone who has played it hundreds of times and is an expert at it and loves it, and that enthusiasm, and so uh, there were a few games, Egesia and Castles of Mad King Ludwig or two that really stood out to me as ones that I learned from people who really were big enthusiasts, and um, just was really glad that I had taken the time to do that, because at, at this convention, there are... Um, uh, Learning sessions before the tournaments. So There's like an hour block where you can go, and the person who's running the tournament will teach you the game. Uh, but in the case of Castles of Mad King Ludwig, someone I knew from Great Western Trail online, uh, Dalton, a really nice fellow, was just really big enthusiast. And so, like, I stayed up until three or four a.m. Uh, learning it and getting all the strategy tips. And um, and it was just so I was so glad that even though I was exhausted the next morning and played. The game I played the next morning really terribly. I was really glad I had done that because i it just his enthusiasm for the game was infectious, so then I went and played in all the heats of that game and made it semifinals and then I bought that game when I came home and I'm teaching it to all my friends here in my local gaming group so that was a really neat little thing too just not just learning a game but learning it from like a, a real big enthusiast
0: nice man yeah that's really cool that's yeah that's great um yeah I'm aware so we've we've gone for an hour if if any of you guys do need to go do feel free to uh drop off
2: or head off um real quick uh i do need to go um thank you for having me ej uh, it was good to talk uh, about all that happened at wbc um and hopefully more people can come out next year
0: mm, mm. cool
2: yeah thanks man
1: Hey guys. How we doing, Andrew? Nice talking to you. Thank you. See you.
0: Nice talking to you, too. Yeah, so if, if you guys are sticking around, I guess you will plan to go again in future based on. Oh, the, the cat's making a wailing. Okay. I guess you guys will plan to go again based on having a good time this year and the fact that you've gone a lot anyway, Ryan.
3: Yeah, I, I certainly, I, I, it's basically been a yearly plan for me at this point. Um, it's hard to imagine me not going. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not that hard. Who knows? Jobs change, priorities change. But broadly, I'd expect to keep going back for the next couple of years at least. Um, yeah I, I i'm just i've i became enthralled with it in twenty eighteen when I first attended and for a lot of the same reasons patrick has said um i I love that it's focused on gaming I love that it's kind of focused on playing games well uh I love the people I have so many friends through w b c that I game with online and just kind of talk and chat with and, and uh just getting to see them every year is part of the treat now um that's also looking back like i didn't quite have the results i wanted you know games wise but i definitely had the experience i wanted to just you know get to go play a bunch of great games with a bunch of great people um like patrick says just getting to sit down and talk with a lot of these guys and discuss strategy and just play games and hang out with a bunch of other like-minded gamers and spending 16 hours a day gaming is uh <laughs> For like eight days straight is a thrill to me. i I just have a great time there, so uh yeah i I foresee definitely being there in twenty twenty three and likely you know at least the next couple of years after that
0: well one sort of question I had about it, I guess, in terms of yeah, so people who haven't been and might be considering it is and because I talked to Flower a bit about this is kind of the competitive aspect versus the just sort of playing aspect which you talked a bit about patrick how how competitive an environment is it or is it kind of what you make of it in a way
1: my sense is that it is very much what you make of it um i went most, I, I, you know, there's a, one of the board game designers, I think it might be Kinesia, as a quote, um, I, I I enjoy collecting quotes, and so I have some collected in, on board games because it's such a big part of my life now. And I think it's something to the extent of when you play a game, winning is the goal, but it's the goal that matters, not the winning. And I think that's largely my um, perspective on games is that what makes them fun is testing your ideas, testing your wits against an opponent. That's why I don't enjoy cooperative games or solo games very much. So having that goal is what's really fun. But after the game is over, I don't really care who won at that point. You know, it's on to the next one. So, but there are definitely pe- And so there's people like that who are just there to play fun games and and do their best to win because that's the enjoyable part is, is testing out your strategy, but um, who you know are not really that interested in results. Um, or who that's not a big part of their experience. And there's definitely people there, it was my my experience, there are definitely people there who really want to set a goal of winning the tournament or winning the most tournaments or getting the most Laurel points. And so they really want to, uh, you know, what's fun for them is seeing if they can meet that goal. And so they are very interested in what results they get. Um, I didn't come across very many people who were, Unpleasantly competitive. Everyone went. Everyone, except for maybe one or two people out of the fifteen hundred, was incredibly enjoyable to play against, and and didn't take things overly seriously. But um, so I don't think there's. I didn't. Sometimes you you wonder at competitive events if there's going to be someone who takes things a little too seriously and isn't that fun to play with. But that was not my experience. Um, it was my experience that just in terms of people's personal motivations, that were everyone. When they sat down to a game, wanted to win because that's uh, you know that's what makes the game fun is is trying your best. But in terms of how much people cared about the results, I think there are people all over that spectrum.
3: Yeah, I I, I would broadly agree with that. Um, it, like I agree using the word competitive sometimes I think gets tricky. There's there's a lot of people at WBC that are trying very hard to win and are very good, but there's very few people at WBC that are yeah like as patrick said create negative play experiences i think there's a lot of kind of fear or misconception around tournament game like board gaming scenes partly because like i think you know certain other gaming scenes like video games or magic the gathering certainly have been known to have more problematic players but wbc all's your plan for fictional internet points and plaques and uh I I think that partly helps. There's, you know, really no prizes particularly. Um, nobody's trying too too hard or too seriously usually. Uh you just you don't really have sword losers or that type. Um most of the games again, yeah, it's it's just a pleasure to play with most of these people and a good lot of them are very happy to talk strategy and ideas after the game also. It's not like they're trying to withhold their secrets or anything, you know, they just want to share their love of whatever game with whoever. And yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great atmosphere and a great uh, thing. Um, certainly not everybody is trying that hard to win or certainly not everybody's that particularly good. Um, like as we were talking about earlier, the Agricola field. Yeah. Super strong. A lot of very, you know, kind of competitive, great Agricola players, other fields, you know, there's a lot, there's a wide range of stuff. There's definitely slightly more casual players and some of the kind of like ticket to ride in Azul fields also. You can, you can wind up at tables where, I mean, these players know they're not particularly good. They just like the game. Um, and that's fine. There's a lot of people at WBC that just show up and like the game also. So, yeah, it's a bit of what you make of it, I guess. Uh, but you're not going to, I don't know, you're not going to run into like negative experiences due to the competitiveness.
1: One additional thing maybe I should squeeze in here that's just tangentially related is um, in terms of games where it's slightly less competitive or or taken seriously, there are, on most uh, evenings, there's a late-night game that's sort of a a silly, oftentimes involving a significant amount of luck, uh, tournament. And so, for instance, the the Can't Stop tournament, the Liar's Dice tournament, uh, the Love Letter tournament. And those are held quite late at night, ten or eleven PM, going into the wee hours of the morning. Uh, but they are a lot of fun, just because they get a huge turnout. It's the only thing happening at that time. So there's hundreds of people in the in the main <clears throat> ballroom, and uh, they're all just you know chatting, making new friends, and just having fun playing silly games. And it is officially a tournament, so someone does win, but uh, I was really impressed with the fun of those those late night games as well
0: yeah i was going to mention those and yeah i think that it does sort of highlight the kind of not taking it too seriously aspect of it that yeah you can get a plaque for agricola but you can also get one for can't stop uh although as we've learned from ran your streams can't stop <laughs> is a serious game too it's not just a silly
3: yeah. game some year I'm turning can't stop into like a best of seven. It's gonna take yeah, it's gonna take hours to play, and we'll find the <laughs> actual best can't stop player. I, I have yet to make it out of the opening round. It's what a what a ridiculous game. Like oh
0: come on, man, you gotta get out of the opening round of can't stop. Theory nope.
3: Yeah, some 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 year I should. No, I mean whatever. No, I, I I agree. Can't stop's a great game. There's some really interesting skill, but yeah, any individual four player game, plenty of luck, so uh mm. But it's, yeah it makes for a great it makes for a great tournament atmosphere and fun time
0: but yeah so like a fe like a feasible thing you could do if you went would be to you know like enter scythe or whatever and play scythe play something uh, enter the like hoity-toity tournament that's a bit sort of more fun and silly and then play some open games of whatever and some late night games are there are there like um party sort of social deductions sort of stuff going on or is that not really part of it?
3: There's, I mean, there's nothing like officially organized. Uh, officially, like, there's just open gaming and then tournaments, and they don't have any like social deduction games or party type games as tournaments really. Um, but uh, there's definitely in the open gaming area, there's a werewolf crew that plays till God knows what hour of night. Um, you can you can find players to play a lot of different things at WBC.
0: Mm. Mm.
3: One of the things I don't think we've necessarily stressed enough either, Uh, one of the actual reasons I love WBC the most is I I just find it very easy to make friends. One of the things I find hard at other gaming conventions is, again, like trying to sit down at a table and play games with people. It can be hard to find opponents. It can be kind of hard to run into the same people. WBC is still small enough you can run into the same people. And also, just like the way that you sign up and play games you you wind up and play other people in games that are a fan of that game and kind of have some similar presumably some similar tastes as you and uh I've made plenty of friends by just sitting down and gaming with them, and then you see them again you know walking through the convention center and you catch them in open gaming, and suddenly, you also have friend groups that are inviting you to play games or that you can cajole into playing whatever um so I have way more friends from going to WBC than I do from my times going to Gen Con.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that I think that is important to
3: stress. Is like,
0: yeah, I've never done it, but presumably it's a bit weird if you just show up at a, a con, especially if you're on your own and you're, yeah, just trying to find people. But this is like, it puts you people together.
3: Naturally. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it can be a little hard if you're a little. Introverted, a little shy, etc. Which I am a bit in person at times. Uh, uh, yeah, just showing up at a convention totally on your own can be rough. Uh, but I I find WBC makes it far easier.
0: Mm. That's cool. Um, okay, the final thing, unless uh, but unless you guys have anything else you wanted to add, is just and again we talked about it last time with uh, you, Ryan, is the greatest board game in the world, Terra Mystica, was not an event and has not been an event for a while, but feasibly could be in future, maybe?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be clear, not for a while is a stretch. It was in a tournament in 2019, and then the convention did not happen in 2020 or 2021. So this is the first year in a while that Terra Mystica wasn't on the roster yeah so so there's one year there's been one year here where it's not an official tournament um there's definitely ways to bring it back uh I won't go into all the arcane details uh because basically if you A a slight sidestep here, but all those laurels, you know, the calculation of fictional internet points, all these other things, there's a lot of weird and wacky rules behind the scenes. Like We got a bunch of gamers, and it's not all particularly simplified, but there is a lot of good fun. Anyhow, there's kind of this broader game at WBC of which events return next year. Um, They're all fighting against each other. You basically count up the number of hours players spend at each tournament. And the top 100 tournaments are part of the century. They return for the next year. Terra Mystica dropped out of that. Uh, then, the other way to get in is you get voted through. Terra Mystica did not receive enough votes to get voted through, and so then it was not run as a tournament in uh, 2022 here. Uh, I have hopes of making it back in 2023. First off, I think there are enough fans that we might be able to get it voted through, especially if there are more people out there that want to go. If you're going to register ahead of time, the voting takes place pretty early. Admittedly, it takes place in January. WBC is always late July. But uh, in January, there will be voting. We can try to get Terra Mystica through then. Otherwise, there's another sneaky way to get Terra Mystica to happen. And I'll likely see that that occurs um, and try to give it one more real chance here in 2023. Uh, Basically, the problem was in the past. We didn't have that many dedicated Terra Mystica players. But as we continue to push, including this podcast now, this year we already... We've talked about, what, like eight or nine of us kind of Terra online guys that showed up. Um, I think there's a chance we can pull a few more next year even. And uh, at that point, I think there's enough players to make it be a pretty solid tournament with the other people there we could pull in. But we'll see. We'll try to give it a chance.
0: Yeah. we got a, we got a podcast. we got a Tuesday League. We've got to be at the World Board Game Championship. <laughs> Come
3: on, Terra Mystica obviously is an excellent game, uh, and uh, I I I fully agree it should be there. Um, Gaia Project is there, uh, which is at least you know kind of nice. But uh, ooh, I,
0: ooh. yeah, many
3: many of us still think Terra Mystica is <laughs> better. And uh, look, there's a lot of other games that I <laughs> I think are kind of questionable. Uh, so yeah, you know, if I'm creating the list, Terra Mystica is easily in, but. Uh,
0: Two-player Terra
1: Mystica, though, Patrick, right? Two-player. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's, it is kind of humorous that I think Terra Mystica might be the only game... A lot of games that I, did, I thought were better at four-player ended up playing online feeling like we're better at two-player or just as good at two-player. I think Terra Mystica is probably the only game that I think is... Of the games that I love and enjoy, I think, I think it's unplayable at 2 players almost. I mean, I know there, we have a lot of enthusiasts uh, in the BGA community who like two-player... I just think the map is so big that it loses so much of the tightness um, playing it at, at two player. So I know you're joking, but it is an interesting topic that you could discuss on a future podcast, maybe with some of the two player enthusiasts on the, in the BGA group, because <clears throat> it is interesting that you know, wh- why they like it at two player and why a lot of us are skeptical of it at two player and what could be done to make it a, a good two player experience would be an interesting conversation, I think.
0: Okay, I'm. I'm actually writing that down. That is. That is an idea. Two player.
3: It is a good idea, but yeah, uh, at WBC we would we would play four player. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I do think ever so slightly, Terra Mystica does have a mild issue for success at WBC, and that's uh, since we play with like such kind of disparate skill levels at WBC, anybody can show up for the heats, and we play. Um. I do think it's a little tough for new players to feel like they have an enjoyable game. Terra Mystica, given that it is no randomness and given how kind of cutthroat it can or is, you can realize you're outclassed very quickly and know that there's just no chance at all. Um, And I Mm. think that slightly has hurt Terra Mystica WBC because, again, to stay around, you need a lot of player hours, which means you need a lot of people playing. So you can't have just all expert playing. You need a lot of other people too. And uh, I think the expert level players slightly drive off uh, beginner slash weaker players um, on some level. Whereas other games, I think, uh, even though... even other A lot of other games, I think the weaker players still basically don't have any shot. But I think they feel like they have a shot more so than at Terra Mystica tables.
0: Mm, we need to like invent a blue shell or something that we can... A
3: <laughs> little up. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, and I, I, I do hope that between all of Fire 2 Open and, you know, this podcast and just other stuff, I, I think there's a lot of people online that have been able to get a lot more help and advice and stuff, too. So, um... I think I think there's this is this is a good reminder for everybody that building community and encouraging people to play the games you love is uh, important. Um try to try to be nice to new players, try to, you know, extend kindness, extend strategy thoughts and stuff when you can. Try to try to help other people see why you love the game so much and why it's worth diving into. Um
0: love that.
1: Uh, yeah, it's worth saying as we're getting wrapping up toward the end here that we've talked Uh, I think both of us have talked a a lot about how WBC is such a special place because of the sense of community, even just going for the first time this year, I had such a strong sense of that. Um, But I think that uh, people like you, EJ, are to be thanked for creating a similar sense of community in the the online Terramistica uh, folks, because I think that between this podcast and Fire 2 Open and Mystica Tuesday League and all of the other ways that... uh, those of us who play online, Terra Mystica and Board Game Arena, have a chance to to get to know each other a little bit and and, and do some things together. And uh, it's a really special group with a lot of people from different backgrounds and all all around the world. And uh, it's 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 been really neat to get to to get to play with folks. And I think that's uh, not something that every game has is that sense of, of community. And um, so I think it's a, a really neat thing that we have in the Terra Mystica world. And I think Ryan's definitely right that that we want to do our part to continue building that.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, Yeah. That, that was everything I had. Is there anything, those, those both feel like excellent sort of excellent messages to end on, but is there anything else that you guys wanted to mention or say, or anything about the whole WBC thing?
3: Um, no, I got, I got a lot of it in. I mean, I, I'm perfectly capable of talking and blabbing for way more, but, uh, no, um, yeah, mostly I'd just say anybody who's like seriously interested in trying to figure it out, uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, you can contact me through like BGG, uh, Geekmail or other avenues. You can find me. Um, I will admit one of the weaknesses of WBC and the organization is that there's still kind of a lot of these, older folks in charge and i find their website is pretty awful to navigate um and they're so used to it they don't realize it so i think it can be. just on it it's
0: it's really sort of crappy i'm just trying to find oh it's it's you're trying to find
3: anything yeah you're trying to find anything (laughs) correct Uh, i know how to get around it now because i've spent so much freaking time with it and i agree like i can kind of work it so i don't have a problem anymore but uh, for anybody new trying to like figure out details about the convention, trying to figure stuff out, the website's very intimidating, not helpful, and I think it gives the organization kind of a bad look. The convention experience itself is great. Me and Patrick have had a great time. I want to continue coming. I'd like to convince other people to come, but yeah, I think the website can be obtuse and difficult. So if you ever have any questions, please feel free to reach out. I can help uh, actually answer things and cut through, uh, the obnoxiousness of trying to find the right pages or information yourself. I, I know where it's at. I can help, but, uh, it can be hard to find. Um, otherwise, uh, just the usual kind of plugs. Uh, yeah, we already mentioned some of it, but I have several kind of reports and stuff on, uh, BGG. I'm guessing EJ may link to some of those and, uh, Otherwise, not that it's particularly related to WBC, but I stream at twitch.tv TV slash Ranyard Games. Uh, I admittedly there was a stream of the WBC schedule, so. But, uh, but yeah, for the most part, uh, I think that's all I got.
0: Lord of the ring streams now.
3: That <laughs> uh, fluctuates a lot. Of, a lot of and Agricola. But at the moment, I'm very. I, I don't have actual particular gaming goals at the moment, uh, which is a little. Unique, so yeah, we've I've been doing some Lord of the Rings LCG and just some other stuff lately.
0: Lord of the Rings has become very cool now, very on <laughs> trend.
3: That's that's true. <laughs> uh, I I do like I do really like your uh, yeah your Tuesday League theme this season. Looks awesome. So it really
1: does. It's it's pretty cool. I would really like to see someone stream uh, War War for the Ring or War of the Ring. Uh, Lord of the Rings games, because I'm kind of curious about that now, having heard about it recently. So.
3: 50,000 channel credits, Patrick.
1: I could. I, I don't even know if there's an online implementation. Like I read on the BGG forums that there's like a Java client or something. That sounds a little sketchy. I don't know. But maybe there
3: is. Uh, me and AJ have played on it. I, okay. it. It's definitely obtuse, but you can play online. Uh, oh. We only played once during the pandemic and didn't try again, though, so you can see... Uh, okay. okay. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. No, but yeah, that's all. That's I think you asked all the questions. I uh, I mean, like like Ryan, I could, I could talk for a long time about this because it was such an interesting experience. But uh, yeah, I think we hit on all the important things. So that's that's I'm good.
0: Uh, awesome. Thank you very much both for the time and yeah, thanks to Andrew as well. You had to go. Uh, this has been fun, and. Just in case you are wondering, like Clay and Barnwell were, when I say goodbye now, it's actually the real goodbye. Like, this is the proper goodbye. I don't do another goodbye. I'm going to say goodbye, and I'm going to disconnect from the Discord. Goodbye, guys.
1: Goodbye.
3: (laughs) Bye.